0: Thank you so much for being here. This is Ashwini Prasad, your host of the Inclusive Storytelling Podcast. If you're liking these episodes, please leave a review, download, comment if you're on YouTube, and share these episodes. Feel free to connect with me at theinclusivescreenwriter.com or on Twitter and Instagram at The Inclusive Screenwriter. In addition to being an anti-racism and anti-oppression educator, I'm a screenwriter, self-published author, and of course, a podcast host. So if I can make our media more inclusive with you, feel free to reach out. All right, let's jump into our episode. Hi everyone, welcome to the Inclusive Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host Ashwini Prasad, and today I'm so excited to speak with Sarah Marchand about a lovely person with a wonderful, wonderful history. Sarah, thank you so much for being here, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who we're gonna be talking about in this episode. Thank you so much for having
1: me. So my name is Sarah Marchand, I'm an actor and a producer. I'm also the founder of my production company called Alma Matters Productions. I was originally based in Toronto and I moved here because of the pandemic. And the person I'd like to talk about today is Aida Kehai. Aida Kehai is a professional actor, director, producer, and is the co-founder of her company Nowadays Theatre along with her husband, Mohammed Yagoubi. She immigrated here in 2015 from Iran and
0: has been working professionally ever since. That's amazing, and when uh, Sarah, when you said here, you meant the west coast of Canada. So that is great. You are uh, bicoastal, which is well, kind of. I mean, we don't want to forget Quebec and the Maritime provinces, but that is so cool. Toronto and Vancouver are such huge bases when it comes to uh, theater and uh, kind of the quote unquote Hollywood Norths of <laughs> of the world. Uh, I'm so excited to learn more about Ida so how did you meet Ida and you know why would you want to talk about Ida uh, and everything that they have and everything that they've been doing both in Iran and in Canada? Oh
1: my gosh well when you first suggested this conversation the first person that came to my mind was Ida she truly is not only an artist but a human who has overcome adversity in so many different ways. I've been working with Ida since 2016, and together we've worked on several collaborations in both the producer, director, and acting capacity. So she's just such an inspiring woman to me. So it was, I was really excited to have an opportunity to share her story a little more. When she first came here, she didn't speak a lot of English and So we first worked together on a project in 2016. It's called The Moment of Silence, which was written by her husband, Mohammed Yagoubi. And this play is quite famous, not only in Iran, but globally as well. It's been performed throughout Europe, um, but it made its Canadian premiere in 2016, which was really exciting to be a part of that production. And I remember, even though Ida was very shy, um, she, I think she was still a little bit nervous to speak in the second language. There's just an instant connection between the two, which is such a great example that you don't always need language to bond with another person. And there's just something so charming about her excitement, her bubbliness, that I really wanted to get to know her more. And so after that production, we worked together on a new play called Swim Team. Swim Team was about women trying to join a swimming competition in post-revolutionary Iran. And that did very well at a festival in Toronto, and we received a grant for it to produce it as a fully staged production the following year. And then after Swim Team, we did another show written by her husband Mohammad Yagabi, called The Winter of '88, which is also quite famous in Iran. Uh, we premiered this at the 2020 Next Stage Festival in Toronto, and it received really good reviews. It was it was so um, warmly received. At that same time, there was also the tragic downing of Ukrainian Airlines Flight 752 during our run. So it was, it was quite an emotional piece because the, the play itself dealt with the Iran-Iraq war when Mohammed was living in Iran. And so to have that coupled with this immediate tragic event that was happening currently in the world... Um, really made me understand on a visceral level, the communal healing of art. Um, we had people coming in to both watch theater, but also to, to grieve together. And so that was quite a transformative experience for me. And then uh, finally, later on, a few months later, of course the pandemic happened. So we got to run our show and then just two months later, the world kind of shut down. But Ida is not one to stop creating work ever. And so uh, she immediately wanted to keep working on a project. And so we applied for our first ever digital grant. And we uh, received a grant for a piece called From From the Basement. And halfway through rehearsing this digital play, Ida was diagnosed with cancer. And so we had to stop the production. She has since gone through 12 rounds of chemotherapy and is now cancer-free at the moment. Let's hope it stays that way. But uh, I'll never forget, after she had been treated and the first time she had been officially diagnosed cancer-free, I I said to her, oh, we should celebrate. Do you want to do anything? And all she said to me was, it's time to get back to work.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so we finished that digital piece, and she's been working professionally on shows ever since. She's been on What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, She premiered uh, Children of Fire, which is a new piece with Nightwood Theatre. Nightwood Theatre is the first ever feminist theatre company based in Canada. And
0: uh, yeah, just working nonstop, which is so impressive to me. Yeah, that sounds amazing! Wow, uh, sounds like Ida is very much entrenched into storytelling and also being able to, like you were saying, the communal ways that we can art can heal as well and it sounds like her and her husband really focus in on a lot of that work of storytelling as well as storytelling for healing, which I think is a really powerful way of thinking about storytelling, the ability to heal in in ways that can really not feature like the message that maybe one person wants to put out into the world, but how people take it in, given their personal experiences, Uh, like somebody who's maybe immigrated and they don't remember, you know, around pre-1979 or those who grew up afterwards or who came as adults to other places, how that storytelling will affect them will differ in, in term. even though we're t- seeing the same sort of uh, story and the same content, how somebody will react based off of their lived experiences, I think is, is really powerful. Absolutely.
1: And I was talking with her yesterday. And she said she, she struggles with that because there are so many wonderful memories she has, but she also knows there is a risk. And it's been uh, seven years now since she's gone back and uh, it is dangerous because they are such, um, they're quite famous and uh, because of their public uh, public level of uh, because they're known so well by the public, um, it would be a risk to go back. So she always thinks about all the pleasant memories she has there while also knowing it, it's a possibility
0: she might not be able to go back again. Oh wow, that is that that's horrible I can't imagine not being able to go back. And do you know the history of why uh, they might not be able to go back?
1: Yeah, so Mohammed and Ida have been working professionally since the 1980s, I believe. Their shows would sell out for days in a row. The biggest conflict they had to deal with in their work was censorship. I remember her telling me in one of the plays, like, there's a scene with just two women that are sitting together on a bed, but that had to be censored or um Uh, there's a sex worker featured in one of Muhammad's plays and they wanted it changed to a nurse. And so there was a lot of tension regarding that. And so um, she, she told me that she, while they say she can technically go back to visit, they're not allowed to work professionally. They're not allowed to make any artwork, but she's also heard through other sources that it would still be a risk if she were to go back just because of the artwork that they produce.
0: Wow, uh, and do you think they came to Canada for a little bit more freedom in terms of their art?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, she wanted to network more. I mean, for both of them, um, theater art is is their is their way of being. They love making art, and so they just wanted more opportunities and not to feel so restricted by the censorship policies in Iran
0: yeah yeah that is i i mean i always think about the immigrant story and what that takes for them to leave a place that they grew up in so many fond memories and they did art there uh, and then to come and learn a new language. I, I you know, people will talk about ask accents and it's like, yeah. And if they can speak to you and communicate with you, they have, they, they know another language a- enough to be fluent and to, you know, navigate the world. And that's a powerful statement. And then to tell art in the in this language that is new to them as well is, is wow. And then to go through cancer and go through the treatments and then get ready to go back to work. I just, uh, phenomenal. Now, was Ida then going through her uh, chemo treatments during COVID or right before COVID? Yes, it was in the fall of 2020.
1: So we were just, we're still pretty new into it. Yeah, it it came very suddenly too. We were just, um, us and a few friends and longtime collaborators were working on this project. Um, I noticed she was, seeming a bit tired but nothing out of the ordinary and then one day we just got an email and she said I have cancer we need to stop the production and uh yeah I of course I was devastated because at that point I had moved from Toronto to Vancouver and even if I was in the same city I wouldn't be able to visit her because of COVID. so later that year we thought um Ida and I were a week apart for our birthdays we were we're both December babies (laughs) And so, yeah, me and a few friends, we thought, well, maybe it would be fun to do an online cabaret fundraiser just to celebrate her birthday, honor her company. And so uh, we got a bunch of people together. I did my first ever live stream performance and we had a few performers that we've worked with before. And it was just a lovely event where we got to celebrate not just the birthdays but to raise money for their theater company so
0: you know I in these uh podcasts for season two it's I've been focusing on people who deserve to have like a movie or mini series made about them and and be household names and I honestly in my mind as you were talking about the cabaret I see that scene <laughs> where you're putting it all together and you know the flips and the flops that happen in the digital world and the things that we've had to deal with but that sounds like such a great montage <laughs> to put yeah, together. Totally. Of how you put together the fundraiser and how it went and everything that's in front of the camera and, and, and you know, the uh, the things you have to deal with right before. And it looks seamless, right, when you're doing the show. Yeah. But there's a lot going on on the back end <laughs> and the front end. where totally. It's complete chaos and it's not as calm as, <laughs> as you are showing at all. it. <laughs> okay okay thank you for saying that I was so nervous (laughs) I know there's a story there I know there's a story there which I want to see on the screen
1: (laughs) yeah well you know what's kind of nice about that is like I I am not a tech savvy person at all but it's amazing when something matters you figure out a way to do it I don't think I would have ever had the confidence just to put on something like that because I'm so I'm so not good with that world like tech is not my thing but I thought, I really want to do this for her. And if I don't learn how to do this, I don't know who else will. So, yeah, it's amazing what, what love can really motivate you to do. And, and I was very proud of myself with how it turned out. So I got to learn a lot while also getting to honor my friend in that way.
0: Yeah, and that sounds like a fabulous tribute to do a cabaret show uh, for for Ida, uh and an uplifting thing to do especially by then you know by december 2020 my goodness that was a that was a hard time uh definitely we were yeah we were like nine months into lockdown at that point and so and we hadn't had there were rumors of this vaccine um (laughs) there was but it was not uh 100 percent. so yeah definitely uh that's amazing that you did that for her and i'm seeing so much um with Ida's story here and the work that she was doing and I can understand the censorship and uh, imagine, imagine maybe there was frustration and being able to, to move to a different country to, to explore and tell these stories that uh, obviously are very, very popular um and they're still happening um and the trials and tribulations of life and what i love is that you are the second person that has kind of brought up somebody that's not been in the public eye like you know big hollywood names and it's a testament to people and humanity and that there's a story there for everyone and there's definitely lots of people who deserve to be household names that maybe we haven't even heard about yet and so i love that you've introduced Ida and her husband to me, Um, they sound like a fabulous couple and so ingrained in storytelling and sharing that with the world. That sounds so amazing.
1: They truly are the textbook definition of a power couple, like what they've accomplished together is remarkable to me.
0: (laughs) That is phenomenal, phenomenal. Now, do you know if they met uh, in Iran uh, doing artwork or doing theater work? Yeah, I think they've been married, oof, I want to say 20, at least 20
1: years. I don't remember the exact number, but yes, I believe she was an actress at the time, um, and he was he was quite a well-known director, and they, they met, they connected through the theatre world.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So I'm curious, um, you know, if you were going to think about their story and and sounds amazing, right? The the meeting and the storytelling and then immigrating to tell the stories and in a different space and maybe a more open space and not as much of a a censored space. uh, Would you want their story and especially Ida's story, I see her as being the main character, would you want them in a movie or do you think this is something where it would be a mini series in terms of their story. I, I thought about
1: this a lot, and you know, just as I was kind of recollecting all of our our collaborations together, I thought, oh, this has totally got to be a series. We've just we've had so <laughs> many. She's had so many different phases in her life. Like you can't possibly condense it into a movie. So I would love for it to be a series. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I see it definitely as a four to six episode, you know, kind of starting with them being young, kind of the trials and tribulations with their work, but still being very popular in Iran. And then uh, I can't imagine um, uh, the heart wrenching, maybe move, that's the way it felt, uh, to come to a whole new world and to start over um, you know, different culture, different language, different ways of doing things and then excelling and getting, I can't imagine how it felt. It must have felt so amazing to get that first win. You know, you, you're you so nervous when you get that first, uh, your first play in a new country and it does well. <laughs> and then they meet yes, you yes. and you're able to expand and your, your groups of people and the people you can trust uh, come together and being able to create that space uh, that you've been craving um, maybe for a long time that would be yeah that sounds so amazing I see it uh, definitely four to six episodes to really capture it all and I think one episode in itself should be that cabaret show As long as I'm not really doing tech for it, then we're good. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. You'll be you'll be brought in as uh, as one of the consultants because <laughs> you were there. <laughs> Perfect. <thanks. laughs> well, I'm glad that Ida's doing better. That is a huge blessing. And so, uh, I'm curious, what is Ida's? What is she working on next? Yeah, so she just finished, uh, I think I mentioned
1: earlier, it was a new piece called Children of Fire, which was presented by Nightwood Theatre Company. Nightwood is just like, they have been my my favourite theatre company forever. They were the first ever feminist theatre company that was founded in the 70s in Canada. And so that just wrapped up this summer. And I know she's been auditioning a lot right now, but um, She said sometimes, you know, she has to deal with a bit of fatigue. So she's just trying to take it easy between auditions and and just resting
0: and healing. So is she now focused more on her being talent versus producing theater work? We've talked a lot about wanting to do another project together.
1: (laughs) We're still, yeah, we're not sure what it would be yet. Um, We've done a lot of theater together, but now we're talking about potentially doing a short Film, so that could
0: be something in the works for 2023. Wow, that's so great! And I love that she's auditioning. That's amazing. Uh, very, very cool. Now, d- does she, you know, does she have a preference with uh, movies or TV or theater, or is it uh, she's open to it all? I know she's got a BFA and a master's degree uh, in both theater
1: directing and acting. So I think theater is where her heart truly is, but she's capable of doing both. I've seen her on set before and wow, she's amazing.
0: She can really command a room in such a inspiring way. Oh, wow. That sounds phenomenal. Her story definitely needs to be told. It sounds so absolutely amazing. And thank you for introducing me to all these new theater places and to Ida and to her husband. And I'll have to, we'll all have to, everyone who's listening, I encourage you uh, to look up Ida and the Feminist Theater. That sounds amazing. And it was the first one in Canada or in the world. Remind me. In Canada, yes. Yeah. Wow, very cool. And it's been around for a long time if it was in the 70s, so it's 40, 50 years where the, uh, all this is coming coming yeah. up and staying I still think yeah I still think when you say 70s 30 years ago but I just need yep. to like, catch up <laughs> oh yeah that's a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah 1992 was 30 years ago it's like oh wait I remember 1992 so yeah. uh, thank you so much Sarah this is amazing where can folks find more about Ida and her husband and about you Um, So all of us are
1: pretty active on all social media platforms. I think Instagram is the main one we use. Uh, You can find me at Sarah Marchand and my company is Alma Matters Productions. Ida Kehai goes by her name as well as Mohammed.
0: And you can also follow their theater, which is nowadays theater company. Awesome. Awesome. This is so great. Thank you so much for telling Ida's story and sharing your friend with us, Sarah. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for being here. And again, if you're liking these episodes, feel free to leave a review, download, comment, and share. And always remember, if I can support you in making our media more inclusive, feel free to reach out. I'm a screenwriter, podcast host, and an author. And I am at theinclusivescreenwriter.com or the inclusive screenwriter on Twitter and Instagram.